Yo, everybody, welcome back. It is episode 10 of season three of The Fastest 40 presented by CS Designs and in partnership with Stadium Rant. Trey, how good does it feel to be entering week 10? Hey, man, it feels great. Um, I feel great as a Chiefs fan. Um, I guess the only part that's not feeling great right now is that we're over halfway on the season, right? So we're we're already halfway done, and I'm already kind of missing it a little bit. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be such a hard offseason without football. Uh, once we once we wrap things up, but uh, you know it's been it's definitely been a, a great season to watch so far. Absolutely, man. Is there so? Uh, without further ado, let's get hype. all right all right all right everybody trey what are we going to be talking about for episode 10 my guy all right, brother, starting off with the agenda here, we're going to jump into a quick recap. Not a lot to talk about this week. Uh, week 9 recap, week 10 preview, week 10 money moves of the week. And then obviously we wrap the show up with just a hunch, Dan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that recap, we're going to do that as part of the pregame stretches. These are brought to you, as always, by CS Designs, www.coreysandersdesigns.com, on Instagram, at Official. Make sure you check out the socials and his website so you can see all the great things that he does for other companies uh, that he's partnering with, whether it's graphic design, web design, videography, photography, whatever the case might be. Corey is making sure that he listens to everything that you want, puts it together, and represents your brand in the best way possible. So again, that's www.coreysandersdesigns.com. NFL news, starting with the injuries. Josh Allen goes back, starts to throw a pass. Jets defender hits him on the windup, rearing, rearing his arm backwards, straining that UCL. There was a lot of suspense coming into this week after Sunday's game to see whether or not Josh Allen would be maybe missing a game or two or potentially missing a lengthy amount of time because with those injuries, a lot of times it results in Tommy John surgery, which if you're familiar with baseball, you know that keeps you out for quite a while. Some news broke today that it was just a sprain, luckily for him. No surgery should be needed, and he should be back potentially even this Sunday. So, you know, Buffalo wow. and Josh Allen caught a major break. This was an injury that he actually suffered his rookie season, and it caused him to miss four games. Um, very lucky, very fortunate that it wasn't as serious as it could have been, for sure. Absolutely, man. I mean, there you are. That is a huge break. Um, I don't think they're out of the woods yet, though. You know, with something like that, it's just that much easier to re-aggravate something like that. So um, they're definitely uh, going to be monitoring him 
you know, not just this weekend, but for the, for the rest of the, for the rest of the year, man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, uh, you know, that's going to have some scar tissue around it, of course. And, you know, it definitely weakens it a little bit. You don't want to find yourself in a situation where you get caught on a potential sack like that or a QB hit like that, or maybe you hit somebody on your windup and it just bends it in an awkward way. It could stress that, um, that ligament out. So those things are, are all, you know, I'm sure hit the training staff in Buffalo is going to make sure that he recovers well enough. And, you know, that's their meal ticket in Buffalo. So if he is dealing with any kind of soreness, I am a hundred percent certain that they will take the safest approach possible with him for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Matt Stafford dealing with concussion um, issues right now. And kind of the same story in LA, man, you know, if Matt Stafford is not suiting up for that football team, they're going to have a tough time putting points on the, on the board. And they're already having a tough time with Matt Stafford on the field. Absolutely. John Wolford would be in line to start in case he does miss the game. Apparently he started feeling symptoms of a concussion earlier this week. And then, you know, they ultimately put him in that protocol. Um, I'm not sure when that would have occurred or what that process looked like as far as the injury goes, but, you know, concussion can sometimes keep you out for a week in the NFL and, that's something that the Rams need to consider here, especially, you know, they're going against a division rival in the Arizona Cardinals this weekend, and they really haven't performed that well at all this season. So it's kind of a make or break week for them as well. Sure thing, man. Yeah. And then a couple defensive guys were Sean Gary, edge rusher for the Packers, ACL tear out for the season. Um, you can chalk that one up to playing on turf. And then Xavier McKinney actually on the bye week took a trip to Cabo and did a little eight excursion, ended up injuring his hand and will miss some time with that. So, you know, uh, nothing too crazy on the injury front, nothing like what we saw. Um, I think it was week seven. There was quite a few big names that ended up finding themselves on the injury report. Pretty light here uh, for the most part. OBJ. Heavy rumors of him going to the Dallas Cowboys, Chiefs, Rams, Bills, Packers, also in the mix, allegedly. Um, what do you make of all that? OBJ to the Cowboys is a game changer for them, obviously. But I didn't even have them on the radar for me. Yeah. With with the kind of the, the firepower they already got going down there. But, you know, with C.D. Lamb not having the season that they, they anticipated him having, OBJ might uh, loosen things up for C.D. Lamb down there. I think that's that's what he's been missing for sure. You know, he was he had Amari Cooper opposite of him for so long last year, and that's what really allowed him to shine. Now, C.D. Lamb isn't having a bad season by any stretch, but it's definitely not uh, just like what you said. It's not up to par for what they were expecting. Um, I think Michael Gallup not being 100 percent is a big factor in that. Um, so bringing OBJ in if he is up to speed and ready to rock and roll. Uh, we'll definitely bring some eyes over to the opposite side of the field so that CD can, you know, maybe open things up a little bit more in, in other news, uh, some coaching news, Colts fired their head coach, Frank Reich, grab Jeff Saturday Colts ring of honor member off the street 
and make him their interim coach instead of elevating somebody that was currently on their coaching staff. Now, they did just fire their offensive coordinator maybe a week or two before Frank Reich ultimately was shown the door. Um, Pretty interesting stuff going on there. Gus Bradley has head coaching experience, so it's really weird that he wasn't tapped for this opportunity. And then if you're looking at it from the former player perspective, Reggie Wayne is on that staff as a wide receiver coach. Um, So that's all really interesting um, components to this story, really, as to how Jim Ursay, the owner of the the team, came and and Chris Ballard came to this decision is is a subject of a lot of conspiracy, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're going to talk a little bit about uh, Sean Payton here in a minute, but uh, Sean Payton to Indianapolis next year, calling it now just a hunch, but a huge fan of Jeff Saturday. When I was back in the day, when I was a lineman as a kid and the Colts were hot, Jeff Saturday, Reggie Wayne, Peyton Manning, uh, Marvin Harrison. Yep. Like Jeff Saturday set the standard for being a center. So I'm a I'm a huge, uh, huge Jeff Saturday fan. And the kind of guy he is that you see on like the NFL network when he was working for the NFL uh, network, um, I'm all in, dude. I'm I'm excited to see how he does. Um, I'm actually going to launch uh, both of my just a hunches. I mean, I just dropped one on you about Sean Payton, but my other ones revolved around Jeff Saturday as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, not having any coaching experience outside of the high school level is definitely a concern for me. But the kind of guy that Jeff Saturday is cannot be understated for sure. Um, you know, I could definitely see this turning into us. It, it's either going to be really good or really bad is yeah. the way that I see it. I think this could turn into a situation where the players rally together and sort of uh, rally around Jeff Saturday and the energy that he's going to bring similar to Dan Campbell, honestly, and how he, you know, relates with his players being a former player himself. And then it could also go very poorly in a situation where, you know, you're looking at it like, uh, you know, you got so many different young coaches that they think are going to be these these phenoms whenever they step into that room. And then it turns out it's a total bust, kind of like Josh McDaniels with both of his head coaching stints. Um, those are all those are all concerns that I have for sure. Um, but the optimism is certainly there uh, as well, just because of who he is. Yeah, no doubt, man. So bringing it to Sean Payton, he showed up on the Manning cast as one of their three guests during the Baltimore Ravens and New Orleans Saints game. And Sean Payton brings up a point. This is a direct quote, quote, Lamar and I both have a shot at free agency next year. So the the implication of that suggests that, you know, if Lamar Jackson were to leave Baltimore, there's a good chance maybe Sean Payton tries uh, to, to hitch himself to that wagon. That would be that would be crazy. I mean, that might be the most wild free agency move we see. I think uh, I, I don't know what his prior. I guess I don't know what Sean Sean Payton's priorities are here. You know, I think he's he's definitely stated that he's looking for um, strong leadership. He's looking for a team that he's going to plug in and win with. He's not looking to go to a team like uh, Jacksonville or Houston or something like that. He's going to go. He wants to go somewhere where he's going to win right now. Um, so where that is, I'm not sure. And that's honestly tough, a tough gig to find because the only places that have 
vacancies for head coach are the people that have fired their coach midseason or at the end of the right. season, right? So, um, and, and for for rightful reasons. So it's not because that they went um, thirteen and, and three and went to the the AFC Championship or something. It's because they were shit, right? So, <laughs> For yeah, lack of a better term, they were shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it would be interesting to see where he goes, uh, and if he wants to wait it out, we might not see Sean Payton coach for three years. And there's potential for it. Now the Saints own his, um, you know, they they have exclusive rights to him when he returns, based on the contract that he's still under. I think it's for two more years. So any team that. Sean Payton decides to go, go to ultimately will need to uh, give compensation to the saints, the, in the, in the also rare uh, head coach trade between organizations. So that's a big, big piece of it for sure. Whether or not a team is needy enough for his services to give up um, a lot of times it's draft compensation, <clears throat> but let's go ahead and re recap week nine. Absolutely, man. So jumping right into it, we're going to start with Philly and Houston. Philly takes the win, 29-17. Is Davis Miller going to be the future for Houston? Is he the guy in 2023? Man, I don't uh, I don't think he's going to be the future for Houston necessarily. There's so many quality quarterbacks coming out in this draft. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. I mean, um, that's just a couple of those names with more emerging as the college football season uh, continues. So, that's something I think the Texans are going to want to approach with this situation. They've got multiple first round picks, including uh, as it stands right now, the number one overall pick. So there's a really good chance that Davis Mills is ultimately replaced with any quarterback that they end up selecting in this game. Now back to the game itself, Philadelphia, Houston, Philly got them uh, ultimately, but the Texans kept it competitive. In this game, I think they have a, a lot of young, hungry players on this roster, and um, it gave me hope that they can be competitive in another year year or so. And I think that centers around Damian Pierce and the machine that he is uh, just watching him take the ball and run, run hard. It makes you want to say that cliche phrase. You know what I mean? It looks like he's hurting the ground when he runs. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, uh, you know, how he runs on the field down there. And it's and it's awesome to see him care and and work that hard even though you know they're they're definitely a long shot to win a game anytime they they step on the field no doubt man so jumping straight into la um they went to flew down to atlanta to play the falcons they pull off a win 20 to 17 is brandon staley on the hot seat you i think you have to look at it in a way that um I think it would be crazy to think he's not on the hot seat at this point in his career, all the talent they have on that roster. They have what a lot of experts would say as the top five quarterback. And I, I tend to agree with the talent that Justin Herbert carries and they just can't finish games or they, you know, they win close ones against teams that they should be beating handily. So, you know, that's uh that's something I think as the season progresses, they miss the playoffs again. There's a good chance Brandon Staley's fired at, and in the off season now yeah, I can see that as well. And it kind of goes into the whole AFC West, you know, everybody's on the hot seat as of right now, if you ask yeah. me outside of Andy Reid. No, I totally agree with that. I think the, the coaches in the AFC and 
Um, you know, we we'll talk about it later in the week when uh, let's chief drops. But the coaches in the AFC, man, they're having major problems. That's for damn sure. Um, freak situations really kept the Chargers in this game, though. Uh, there were a lot of timely turnovers for in the Chargers favor. And there was even a, a situation where Austin Eckler lost a fumble. It gets picked up by a Falcons linebacker. He's running down the field and for no explicable reason at all, he just tosses the ball in the in midair and the Chargers players recover it and ultimately put themselves in a position to kick a game-winning field goal. I mean, just total fluke situation uh, saved them in this game. But, you know, as far as the Falcons go, they've looked really good. I think they're a legit QB away from, you know, potentially being the dominant force down there in the NFC South. No doubt, man. I, I, I tend to agree with that. We had a high score up in Chicago this weekend, this last weekend with Miami flying up to Chicago. Miami takes the win 35-20 or 35-32. Can Justin Fields sustain this success? And is he, I mean, is he going to be the full full meal deal? Is, he, is this going to help him develop into being – the quarterback that Chicago needs. I mean, I think they're going to end up taking the Ravens approach. We've talked about it before, and I, I think they have the tools on this team as the roster stands to, to really make it uh, with him at quarterback. They've added some pass catchers for those RPO situations, and they've got a two-headed monster in the backfield that can run the ball really well in Herbert Montgomery and Fields. You know, if he ends up getting a couple more pieces on that offensive line and uh, a few more pieces on the defensive side, they stop trading those kinds of guys like Ro Roquan Smith away. Um, the Bears can be legitimate. Moving it over to Miami, the Dolphins' defense could end up being their downfall, especially in the playoffs. Everybody knows you need a run game and you need a defense whenever you get to January, February football. Um, so they're having major problems in that category. And Tyree Kill. I mean, he is the best receiver in the league. There's no argument that can be made. Um, most dynamic, really can do it all. High point, flats, um, catching screens in the flat, whatever you need him to do, deep ball. I mean, he really does it all. Absolutely. Most talented receiver in, this, in, in the entire league, and his numbers are showing it this year. 100%, bro, 100%. Another high-scoring game in Cincinnati where Carolina traveled up there is 42-21. Cincinnati pulls off the dub. Can the Bengals do this again? Or can the, can, the, can the Bengals do this against a contender? Can they continue to do this week in and week out? Man, the Bengals, they have serious problems without Jamar Chase, but I think with Jamar Chase – obviously they did really well this week, um, but against a contender, uh, I think they need Jamar chase. I think that's apparent in those contenders. A lot of times they have quality defenses. So um, that's going to be a huge component for the Bengals as they move down the stretches is the health of, of Jamar chase for sure. Now, Joe Mixon, he had five touchdowns in that game. Bengals record. The dude went off. Um, pretty great to see him, you know, go out there and and kind of dominate and pick up the reins for Cincinnati ever after they had such a tough offensive week. Definitely blew my just a hunch for last week out of the water. Um, and then on the Panther side of the ball, Baker ends up coming in, finishing the game for PJ Walker, but it was announced that he will still be the starter. So, um, you know, PJ Walker fans rejoice 
he still is the number one guy on that depth chart. Jumping down to Green Bay at Detroit with a shocker. Detroit pulls off the win against Green Bay, 15 to 9. What is the future for Green Bay? Oh man, they got a uh, my my. If I shake the crystal ball, the future is looking cloudy. Um, it's hard to really understand where these guys are going to go with this roster with their quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Um, their struggle is really, um, it, it's super apparent that there's a major issue with this offense. I I do not feel confident that they're going to make the playoffs. To be quite honest with you let alone win the NFC North, which I think is at this point wrapped up by the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers are going to have to do a lot of soul searching this offseason. I think there's a chance that um, their GM ends up getting, you know, hosed, axed, whatever you want to use. Um, and and Aaron Rodgers, you know, could potentially be in, in for a reality check or a trade to a team that's uh, willing to give up some capital to acquire them. I think uh, next year you can see a major shakeup in Green Bay. Um, their offense so far on opposite pages, it's not even funny. The Lions, I mean, they may, they might be the scrappiest team in the NFL, uh, but the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense really handed it to them, to be quite honest with you. Sure thing, bro. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the future for Aaron is after a season like this. You know, dude just came off back-to-back MVPs, so um, gonna oh, yeah. going to be weird to see, dude. He made sure everybody knew it, too. So, yeah. I mean, if you're bringing up your your own accolades um, in light of your team's struggles, I don't think that's a good sign of a leader, to be honest with you. Yep. Next game here, New England gets after Indianapolis 26-3. to Did the Colts make the right decision with Frank Reich? I don't know. I mean, I've never been a huge fan of the midseason firing unless it was something just totally crazy. Uh, like with Matt Rule, I thought that should have been done in the offseason. But <clears throat> with Frank Reich, I didn't feel like, you know, he's he's above 500. You know what I mean? And and obviously there were some there's been some major struggles, but um, I don't feel like he was given enough time to really turn it around. Maybe even, you know, get rid of him at the end of the season, especially if you're bringing in. You know, just Joe Schmo off the street. Not not that Jeff Saturday is a nobody or anything, but he has no no coaching experience. I mean, they basically Jim Irsay could have gone to the Ring of Honor, wrote everybody's name on a piece of paper, and drew it out of a hat, and it could have landed on Jeff Saturday. You know what I mean? So there's no telling how how this decision was made. But uh, I think Reich should have at least been given the rest of the season to to finish up in Indy. Right on. Yeah. Now, Bill Belichick and that Patriots defense, my God, they do what they do against young quarterback Sam Ellinger had no chance, no time, nothing. He game-planned it perfectly, and Matthew Judon was really the head of the spear uh, that went through the Colts' hearts that Sunday. He's making a case for himself to win Defensive Player of the Year with 11 and a half sacks. Matthew Judon is leading the league, and he got three in this game um, on Sunday, so... Uh, pretty impressive stuff from from him, number nine. The Ravens should have paid him, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking that as you were talking about it, man. He's a stud, and, and Baltimore definitely missed out on some longevity at the at the edge rush there. Uh, going into the Buffalo-New York Jets game, New York Jets pull it off 20-17. to 17. I called it last week. Give me my money right now. <laughs> Somebody pay this man. <laughs> Will the Bills struggle if Allen has to miss time? So if he misses this weekend, 
or let's say two weeks, you know, how does that affect Buffalo? Yeah, you know, it's a I think this week is is it doesn't carry as much weight. Now, the Chiefs and the Bills are currently tied with with each other for um, the best record in the AFC. But the Bills have that slight edge because of the head to head. So it's really a half a game lead for them. If they end up losing against Minnesota, which is definitely a possibility if number 17 isn't on the field for Buffalo, um, it obviously would put them a half game behind Kansas City, assuming we beat the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. But it's not an AFC loss. It's an NFC loss. So, you know, if the Chiefs drop a game later in the season or if the Chiefs end up holding that number one spot for the rest of the season, uh, assuming all of that happens, then there's a good chance that those other teams that they're contending in the AFC with the Ravens and the Titans currently lead their divisions. Uh, they could they could still have a better AFC record than those two teams potentially with the loss of the Vikings. Now, uh, the next week after that, maybe there's some more uh, more weight that's carried with that. But, you know, the Jets defense got to give them, you know, tip your hat to them. They went out and balled. They made it a difficult time for Josh Allen um, late in the game because Josh Allen and that Bills offense were really worrying early in the game, um, but they were able to come back and get the win. Zach Wilson needs to be a little more consistent. I think that could end up being their downfall, but that Jets defense has been a spectacular to watch, especially, you know, you got to be happy for Robert Sala. I think he's a great coach and his players really respect him for sure. Jumping into the Minnesota-Washington game after that, same score here with this game, 20-17. to 17, uh, Minnesota pulls off the win here. Um, kind of surprised they didn't, you know, rally a little more points and beat Washington a little bit um, by by a few more points than they did. But are the Vikings good? Have they had a light schedule? Do they continue success? I mean, at, at, as of right now, let's say Philly drops a game or two um, or two games, you know, in the next in this stretch here, and, and the Vikings continue to rattle off wins. They're the one seed. So, um, what do you see there, Dan? No, I think uh, I think the Vikings have definitely had favorable matchups. <laughs> There's no no disputing that. Now they also similar to the Chiefs and Bills situation, the Vikings and the Eagles have the two best records in the NFC, and the Vikings lost their one loss is to the Eagles. So in reality, the Vikings need to gain a half game on them in some way, shape, or form. So you know, with the Vikings schedule moving through. They got to continue to dominate uh, against these lower tier teams and try to win against a contender. I'm not I'm not looking at their schedule right this second, but um, so far, you know, they've faced teams like Minnesota and, um, you know, the, the other I'm sorry, Washington, Minnesota, Washington and uh, other teams within their division that really haven't been playing up to par Um you know, so that that's a lot that needs to be considered with their record and and how they look currently, because some of these lower tier teams have been keeping it close with them too, like this like this Washington team. But you know, with everything going on in Minnesota, my favorite thing to watch this season has been Kirk Cousins and the way that he has been playing. Kirk Thuggins, baby, all the chains, the no shirt, and they're just <laughs> having fun. They're just yeah. having a lot of fun. I think the coaching change has been a huge shift in the culture there for Minnesota. And um, that's been the biggest thing is like 
how Kirk Cousins has been taking this culture and just kind of running with it with uh, the rest of his teammates. And uh, Kirk Cousins definitely become one of my favorite favorite players to watch, mostly because the videos of their uh, you know post games are just hilarious. Yeah. All right, Vegas, Jacksonville, 27-20. At one point, the Raiders had a 17-0 lead on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The third game they've blown this year with a 7-point or 17-point lead. Is McDaniels going to be in Vegas next year? Talk about a tailor-made situation. You got a roster that features one of the best, probably top three talent-wise wide receivers in the NFL and Devontae Adams. You've got two premier edge rushers and Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. I mean, you've got just a young up and coming running back in Josh Jacobs and a quarterback that, you know, can play pretty well in Derek Carr, not to mention, you know, the front office is, you know, very invested in bringing you talent from outside the organization and spending that money and that capital to set you up and, I mean, just totally shit in the bed. Um, Josh McDaniels, we saw this happen in Denver. He made it a season and a half and uh, ended up was, you know, being shown the door. I think there's a very real possibility that if the Raiders do not win more than, I don't know, four games at this point, they're pacing uh, for, a, for a four-win season, five-win season. Uh, there's a good chance if they continue this pace that he will be fired this offseason. They will bring in a coach that's going to bring the best out of those players. Um, Raiders are the worst team in the league at closing the deal. They've lost three games with a 17-point or more lead at one point in the game before ultimately falling. And, uh, you know, the Jaguars... They did come back in this one after being down 17. I think they're leaning really hard on Travis Etienne. They're running him at Derrick Henry type of numbers um, as far as touches go. And uh, it's paying dividends. Etienne's the real deal for that team. And, you know, as long as the Jaguars keep doing that, keep beating teams like the Raiders and showing up against contenders like the Chiefs next week, uh, the Jags are going to have a lot to look forward to. I think Doug Peterson was in, in a similar situation as McDaniels you know, where he had this talented roster, young players. They started out hot, won a couple games, and it's been just terrible since. So um, Josh McDaniels, not not impressed by the hire, and uh, he really has underwhelmed my already low expectations for him coming into the season. Sure. Jumping into the Seattle game, they went to Arizona. They pull off another win, man. The Seattle Seahawks just have been figuring out ways to win. And, and it seems like it's a little the offense is a little bit different each week. The defense is getting stronger each week. Kenneth Walker, though, is he the next Adrian Peterson? Is he the next uh, you know, is he the next guy? It's crazy. I mean, Kenneth Walker, since Rashad Penny went down with injury, has been one of the better running backs in the league, let alone, you know, the best rookie running back I think barely edging it out against Damian Pierce um in that time frame he's been a touchdown machine and and the crazy part is that Pete Carroll is saying that they haven't even unlocked him yet (laughs) I don't know how you can get much better than what he's been able to put on the field but if so then yeah he's definitely headed for greatness especially if they lean into him the way that uh you know they're putting it out to uh to be Now, uh, Pete Carroll, with the way that he's been handling the Seattle Seahawks team, I think he's making a case for himself for the Hall of Fame. 
Um, Russell Wilson gets traded. Everyone just kind of like sells all their stock in Pete Carroll, right? And then he comes out to show that, you know, you guys are the ones writing him off, but he ain't writing back to to steal a quote from their starting <laughs> quarterback over there. Um, it's been it's been great to see what he's been able to do for the Seahawks team and in, in, in their rebuild is looking, you know, a lot like it's going to be a lot quicker uh, than what some people might have been anticipating. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray on the other side of the, you know, the sideline. Um, they're having major problems. I think there's a really good chance that care or I'm sorry, Arizona blows it up this offseason. Yep, absolutely. Jumping into Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a game that I was looking forward to and really disappointed with. Are the Bucs back? Are you worried about Tom Brady? Are the Bucs back? I mean, they played uh, a pretty bad team in the Los Angeles Rams. At least what we've seen so far can can lead you to that to that point. Tampa Bay, you know, had to put out a win at the last second against Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, they play a, a quality Seattle team in Germany this Sunday um, at 8.30 a.m. I think that's going to be a bigger test than this Los Angeles Rams game, uh, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, if they're able to come out of that with the win, I think you could maybe put that stamp on it that they're turning things around. But if not, uh, then you know it's going to be much of the same for the rest of the season. I mean, we're in week 10 at this point. We're past the halfway point. If these guys still are putting up, you know, 16, 17 points a game, the lowest of Tom Brady's career, they're going to have major problems. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not even going to win their division in that case. Um, but the Rams, <clears throat> it, it, it just baffles me that this team has all this talent. The defense has been performing pretty well, but this team has all this talent, and the only offense that they're getting, that they're generating, is through Cooper Cup. And I think a big problem with that is the offensive line, they didn't put enough capital into that this offseason. It's been a huge problem for them. They can't get the running game going. And, yeah, the Rams, they may need to blow it up this offseason, too. I think it's about time that uh, they start using their draft picks and drafting players instead of trading them uh, trading them all away. Jumping over to Kansas City, man, and and obviously all of our most of our fans of the show got to watch this one, but – Tennessee at Kansas City. We go to overtime. We win this football game 20 to 17. Are the Titans one of those teams similar to Pittsburgh was, you know, the last 10 years that just always seem to find a way to either win against Kansas City or lose close games? Man, it's just something about the way the Titans play football. I don't know that. I don't know if it's, you know, the way Derrick Henry runs and eats the clock, because that's proven to be an effective way to, if not stop the Chiefs, at least slow them down considerably. Um, the way that their offense runs is definitely polar opposite to how ours runs. You know, we do quick chunks, quick drives, big time play, score. They drain the clock and it's very methodical. And then they finally get into the end zone because Derrick Henry's unstoppable inside the 20. <clears throat> And then on the other side of the ball, the Titans have a very tough and physical defense. That's all thanks to Mike Vrabel and his philosophy that he brings out there in Tennessee. I think that plays really well against our offense also because our guys are traditionally more finesse and speed type players as opposed to, you know, those guys that get down and grind. But, you know, we brought it to them this past Sunday, the, the Kansas City Chiefs did. 
and um, you know, kind of went down. Not not that it's below the Chiefs, but you know, kind of went down to their level to play them in their own game, and that's ultimately how we ended up winning. In my eyes, Patrick Mahomes is the clear MVP favorite. I do not have my Chiefs glasses on to say that. That's just uh, the facts of the matter. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, he needs an extension. He needs to stick around with the Chiefs long-term, and we'll talk a lot more about this game and that whole situation and let's Chief on uh, Red Friday. All right, Dan, last one here. Talking Monday Night Football, Baltimore, New England, or Baltimore, New Orleans, 27-13. Baltimore steals the game. Really dominated the game, you know, front to start, but uh, or uh, start to end. There we go. How about that? <laughs> Can the Saints find any consistency this season, or are they going to have to wait till the offseason and find some more players to do that for them? They've got major problems in the quarterback position, but also on defense. I think a lot of their stars are aging themselves out of the league. At this point, Demario Davis has been in the league 11 years, Cam Jordan is a similar situation where he's been in here in the league for a long time. And then even Tyron Matthew at the second level is, is getting up there um, in terms of, you know, just, just age. And when you start to see that decline in, in players. So, you know, I think that's a lot of what they need is a youth infusion, so to speak. And, you know, it's going to be fine, hard to find that consistency if they haven't found it already. The Ravens, on the other hand, they need to pay Lamar Jackson like right now. Um, there's a good chance that he ends up finding himself as a free agent this offseason unless they slap you know the franchise tag on him. But it's not going to be a, a small price. And I could definitely see Lamar Jackson being disgruntled or disrespected if that if that does happen, especially, you know, when you look at his body of work, everything he's done for Baltimore. <clears throat> Chris Olave, rookie of the year. In my eyes, I mean, he's been incredible. Yeah, I mean, jumping on the the Lamar train, man. I mean, if here's the deal: if Baltimore doesn't pay him, somebody will. Absolutely, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's been consistent for for four or five years now. I mean, he he's proven that he's not just the running back, as they said when he was drafted, right? So, um. Really, he just needs to put a body of work together that takes him to the Super Bowl at this point. Oh, yeah. If he gets some playoff success uh, or an opportunity for it, you know, watch out. Watch out for sure. You Let's know, look at week 10. We got some uh, some key matchups, some quality matchups really this week. I, I really like the slate, to be honest with you. First game in Germany here, Seattle at Tampa Bay. This is going to be an interesting one, obviously. First game in Germany, as I said, what's the show out going to be for the fans? You know what I mean? So that's going to be interesting to see. We're also going to see Minnesota and Buffalo. It's going to be a great game. Dallas at Green Bay um, could be a good game. You know, if Aaron Rodgers and that offense can put some put together some uh, some uh, some offense, then we may see we may see a good football game. Arizona against the Rams. They're going to be in L.A. for that division game there. It's, that's going to be a good one. And then the Chargers and San Fran. I think them, those teams there for Sunday Night Football kind of match up well with each other. And I think we could see a pretty good game out of, uh, out of the Chargers and the Niners. Absolutely. No, I, I like the, the the Southern California matchup on Sunday Night Football. Um, Minnesota and Buffalo is going to be interesting. There's a lot going on this weekend for sure. And some honorable mentions just to tack on to the end of that. 
Jacksonville coming to Kansas City should be a pretty electric game, especially when you're looking at two uh, guys. Obviously, it's Andy Reid and then Doug Peterson coming from his coaching tree. Uh, Those are two solid offensive minds that are going head-to-head. Denver and Tennessee uh, should be a hard-nosed kind of battle, defensive battle. Those are always fun to watch. And then Indianapolis and Las Vegas is interesting for the simple fact of the coaching dynamics in this one as well. You know, Jeff Saturday with the Colts first start taps the QB consultant or QB coach to call the plays. Uh, Never done it before at the professional level. So that's going to be interesting to watch. And then Josh McDaniels obviously has faltered quite a bit this season against teams that, you know, I that I felt were a tier below them Um, with Indy's coaching situation. It could be an interesting one to watch if, if they were to lose this one as well. Sure thing, man. So we're going to jump into some power rankings here, Dan. I'm going to go through my bottom five first. We we uh, we we have the same top five, so I'll let you run through that. But I'm going to jump through my bottom five first. I think we're still hanging out with Houston at the bottom. I got the Steelers tra- trailing uh, Houston there. I, the Steelers are just a bad, bad football team. Um, and then I got the Colts, man. The Colts are have had back-to-back really struggling weeks here. And then I'm going to follow that one up follow that up with the Raiders and the Panthers. So um, both of those teams obviously struggling as well. Um, Panthers were able to put put together some points on um, this past weekend, but uh, couldn't get it done. So uh, it's kind of surprising this year that we're even looking at, you know, Steelers, Colts and Raiders in the bottom five, but that's what I got, man. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm with you on, you know, Texans and Steelers being the bottom two for sure. Uh, those guys hit the bottom. I have the Raiders, coming in just just after them i think you know their late game collapses have been just absolutely horrific and that's a that's a huge problem and then i have the panthers and then i have the jaguars now i know i don't have the colts in this bottom five and i think the colts have shown a lot of promise on the defensive side of the ball and uh they're dealing with some injuries but with this coaching change uh there's a really good chance you know they lose this weekend they'll they'll be definitely be in my bottom five when we gear up for episode 11 yeah, absolutely Top five. Give give the people your top five, Dan. <clears throat> Dude, I think we're exactly the same on this top five reading. So in the fifth spot, we've got the Ravens. In the fourth spot, we've got the Vikings. Third, Bills. Second, Chiefs. First, Eagles. How about that? Yep. Yep. I mean, it's 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 kind of panned out. It's panned itself out now at this point. Um, you know, everybody's kind of separating themselves. A lot of people had the Cowboys in their top five. I don't think I'm ready to do that quite yet. Um, you know, if they – honestly, I might not even still be ready to do that after beating Green Bay. If they beat Green Bay, that's not a huge win for me right now. But uh, these are five strong teams and five teams, I think, that are um, going to be absolute playoff teams. But um, with that, Dan, I mean, you know what time it is now. I mean, big money moves of the week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before we tap into those big money moves of the week, quick shout out to our friends at eCoffee, Casey, local coffee company. They're taking beans from all over the world, the best places to find your coffee beans. They're bringing those here to Kansas City and they're roasting them for you locally so that you can have the best aromatic experience whenever you wake up in the morning. 
So go to their website, www.eeroastcoffee.com. Visit them on their social medias at EE Roast Coffee on just about any platform you can find them. And look at their subscriptions and their different options that they have with their beans and order yourself a bag today. Let's get into the big money moves of the week, my friend. Week nine, our recap. Cincinnati, I'll start with my picks. It was Cincinnati and Carolina, the over 42 and a half. Check that one off. That hits. New England hosting Indianapolis under 39 and a half. Check that one off. That hits. Miami minus five at Chicago. Miami ended up winning by three points, so they did not cover. Damn it. That puts me at 11, nine, and one on the season on my regular picks. And then, Trey, you hit on the... Baltimore Ravens Monday night yep. at minus two and a half against the New Orleans Saints, but the Rams let you down in this one big time. They gave up that late touchdown to blow the cover in the final seconds at Rams plus three, and then the over did not hit. The defenses were just dominant in this game, so you're sitting at eight, eleven, and one. I think all in all, you know, we're definitely recovering from what was a rough start to the season, but um, you know, a lot more. A lot more football to be played uh, in this one for sure. <laughs> and then the locks. We both went after the Minnesota and Washington game. The over did not hit, so I dropped to three and three. And then the Minnesota Vikings at minus three ends up washing. So no action there. So you're one, four, and one. We got to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I got work to do there. No, Sleepers we, are sitting strong, though, at 24, 14, and one, man. That is That is crazy. Isn't that, that really beautiful? Is. I mean, we're 10, 10 and a half games above 500, really. Um, Atlanta plus three was the wash this week. That got us our tie. The under hits in Tennessee at Kansas City. The Seahawks do take the money line. And then, Trey, you had a clean sweep here. Um, or I guess we both took the Atlanta pick. So your your sweep was Tennessee plus 12 and a half. And then the under in that Jags and uh, um, Raiders game by just a point, but still that's an under baby. You get paid on those tickets. So 24, 14 and one, you got to love it. Big 10 or week 10, big money moves of the week. Trey, where are we starting? I'm starting with Atlanta minus three at Carolina. I think that's automatic that Atlanta can win. Um, or take them by three points. Um, this is kind of one of those flirting out there that may be a push. Carolina likes to keep the games close. I'm sticking with that same game on the over. It's set at 43 and a half. I'm taking the over with Atlanta and Carolina. And then Dallas minus five at Green Bay. Look, Detroit just beat this Green Bay team. How do you not take Dallas minus five? (laughs) No, I love that. Um, The Green Bay game, uh, that's one that makes me nervous. I mean, you would think that the – Aaron Rodgers being plus five is a no brainer, but it's really, uh, really that Dallas defense is, is I think the big reason why that's going to hit for my three picks. I'm also going to take the Dallas and green Bay game, but I'm taking the over at 42 and a half. I think there's a really good chance that the Cowboys put up some big points, especially with the Packers star pass rusher, Rashawn Gary going down. Um, I like that line. I think it's kind of, kind of feels low to me. Um, as far as the Saints and Steelers game, I'm taking the under in that at 41 and a half. I think the Steelers games have been hitting like crazy on the under this year. Um, and both of these offenses have a tendency to struggle uh, quite a bit. And then 
Finally, I'm taking Washington plus 10 and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles blew this team out last time they played, okay? But that's the thing about division games. You get to play the team twice. You have that familiarity. I don't think it's going to play out like that this time around now that the two have faced each other before this season there's uh, this season already. So Washington plus 10 and a half feels a little bit large for me. And that's why I'm taking them. Sure, man. Yeah. I got, I got them sitting at a sleeper for me as well. I'm i uh, I'm jumping right into my lock, Dan. I'm going to LA chargers plus seven at the Niners. I think the key there is, is at the Niners. <clears throat> I don't think that's a big factor though, for either one of these teams. These uh, South Cali teams don't have much of a home fan base. I don't think the uh, plus or minus three for being at home is a big deal for these teams. I think L.A. keeps us within one touchdown, so I'm loving the Chargers plus seven. So funny story, we were filling the sheet out. Uh, I know you plugged your picks in before me this week, but I literally typed in Chargers plus seven at San Fran as my lock as well and then looked down and saw that you plugged it in. So I changed it to another pick that I really liked, which was Minnesota plus six and a half on the road at Buffalo Um, with the chance that Josh Allen doesn't play. And even if he does, he's nursing that elbow injury. I really like Minnesota, the seven and one Minnesota Vikings as six and a half point favorites for sure. I I like that. Now, for those sleepers, I'm taking Denver's money line at Tennessee. Um, That's one that could end up hitting. They are uh, dogs in that game for sure. Cardinals and Rams over 43 and a half. Now, the Rams offense could be a little stagnant without Matthew Stafford. um, But, you know, that Cardinals offense can blow up at times as well. So, you know, that over at 43 and a half, that's why it's a sleeper, baby. And then Cleveland plus four at Miami. Uh, Miami has a tendency to win close games. And I think Cleveland has a chance to to keep it close and maybe even potentially win uh, this game if they can get their run game going well enough early in the game. The Miami defense has been pretty bad, uh, honestly, through the last seven or eight weeks. So I really like Cleveland at plus four for my for my sleeper here. All right, dude, I'm jumping on the Washington train. As I mentioned earlier at Philadelphia, 10 and a half. I'm taking that all day. Um, really, the double digits, I like jumping on those. Um, they're, 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 they're solid, man. I mean, two-thirds of the time, you're going to hit that on double digits. New York Giants minus six and a half versus Houston. The only thing I don't like about this is Houston keeps the games close. But I think uh, I think the G-men roll in here, try to get another kickstart. They've kind of been mediocre the last couple of weeks. I like them six and a half against Houston and then Jacksonville plus nine and a half against Kansas city. I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to come in and keep a close game. Kansas city just doesn't cover. Yeah. Vegas has a, a knack for just driving our, our lines, our spreads up quite a bit. It's, it's wild. So before we go and close the show with just a hunch, quick shout out to our partner stadium rant, www.stadiumrant.com. Check out their website so you can see all of the different NFL and sports content that they're putting out and visit their podcast page, NFL on Stadium Rant, to find your favorite team's podcast and tune in weekly for those episodes as you gear up for Sunday. Just a hunch, my guy. What uh, what are we thinking? 
So as I mentioned earlier, I'm going with I'm going with the Jeff Saturday just a hunch here. Jeff Saturday rattles off three wins by Christmas. And I know that may seem like a long time, but it's only seven games. Only seven games. It's not bad. I think there's a good chance for it, especially if Jonathan Taylor comes back healthy. Um, that would be a big, a big time win for for Jeff Saturday for the Colts and maybe a vote of confidence as they go to find out who their long-term head coach is going to be. Um, my just a hunch is for the offseason. There's three players that I think are going to find new homes this offseason, starting with Aaron Rodgers, and then I'm moving to DeAndre Hopkins, as I mentioned earlier. And then finally, I'm looking at Chandler Jones, the edge rusher for the Raiders. All three of those guys are going to find themselves in new uniforms for 2023. I Just my hunch. So that's what we've got for the show, my guy. Do you have anything uh, anything for the people as they head into Sunday? Words of wisdom for my guy, Trey? Words of wisdom, Dan. Thank you for calling me out on that. Let's go with <laughs> embrace each Sunday. Because like I said, we're already past halfway enjoy the day make sure you wake up early and you watch the early games i know you may not like it that it's in a different country but <laughs> embrace that you have football from 9 30 in the morning all the way until 10 30 at night we'll say that's one of my uh one of my favorite things when we have those 8 30 games in the morning is you know, you wake up, you get yourself a cup of coffee, maybe make some breakfast. It's Sunday morning, so you're taking it easy. You know what I mean? And then you turn on the TV, and instead of watching whatever football, good morning football show or pregame show, it's a damn game. And that takes you straight into the noon slate. It's awesome. Yep. Well, that's all we got. Enjoy uh, enjoy this week's uh, week 10, week 10's football slate. And uh, we will see you on Red Friday for Let's Chief, and then next week for week 11. So enjoy the week, get after it, and let's get hyped.